For Truth with a Texas Twain, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Carafi's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, Luke 2.19. We want to thank our sponsor, Home Instead Senior Care. Since we began in 2017, Home Instead supported and encouraged us. We are so proud to be associated with Home Instead, a trusted, positive small business partner. And now, because we have over 7 million downloads last year, we get to expand our sponsorship. So, if you know anyone or if you want to be to join with us in catapulting positive, heroic messages into our culture, just contact me on my website. Okay, so I'm excited because our guest today is Michelle Lazurek. She is a friend of mine through Elk Lake Publishing, and and her latest book is called I Surrender All, Sort Of. Actually, remind me the cut line on that book. The tagline is uh, laying down our plan so God can do the impossible. I love it. Okay, Michelle, welcome to the show. We, we've done one other episode. I want people to be aware. You can find Michelle's story. And let me just tell you, she really shared from her heart in that episode. So you're going to want to look for that and hear more about how the challenges that she faced with anxiety and mental health played out in her life and how she began to uh, resolve some of those panicky feelings by learning to surrender, and then wrote a book about it. So, Michelle, you're my my kind of gal. This is exactly the kind of program I love to produce with you. Thank you. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, this has been a couple years in the making, as I mentioned in the last um, episode. Um, but it's definitely, you know, I, what I love about God is he always gives me things to write about that I fully experience, and I definitely experience surrender um, through um, some difficult times with anxiety and um, I knew he was going to make me write about it. And so, um, you know, this is, uh, a product of, of love and, um, of hope for people just like me who, um, are, are dealing with anxiety or depression or other mental illness and they're afraid and they don't know where to go or who's going to accept them. And so I really hope, I pray that this, um, this podcast will bring more awareness to people and help and encourage people to reach out because it's so important. Okay, I'm going to read a quote from the book because I think it kind of summarizes some of the things we talked about in that last episode. Um, and I think I'm going to call that episode my, my ah, where did I put my informate my uh, notes about what to call it? Nope, I'm not finding it. Okay, I'm going to put, I know I'm going to put surrender in the first. Oh, yeah, here it is. Surrender all, no way. So look for that in a, some heading similar to that. So here's the quote. My panic attacks started in January that year. 
Financial woes, work-related tensions, and other factors caused me to start feeling anxious all the time. At first, it was only once or twice I felt that way. But as I kept having more and more anxiety, the longer it took for the waves of panic to subside. I felt like a panic button had been pushed in my gut, and I could not get it to stop, no matter how hard I tried. Noticing the same patterns in my adult life that I had experienced in my childhood, I reached out to a local counselor. And and then she says that the anxiety got so bad, I stopped functioning normally. So I love it that you are so authentic about that. And, and I want people to know they can go and find more of those specific stories that you shared in that other episode. In this episode, I really want to focus on some practical ways that this affects our families and how we can give direction to our families so that we don't suffer with it. So, cause I think this is kind of a universal thing. A lot of women struggle with Michelle. I mean, we we're just, women just get to do a lot of things in life. And sometimes we try to do them without the help we need. Yeah. I 100% agree. Um, yeah. I mean, we, as women, we get a lot thrown at us and, um, a lot of times we're expected to do it all perfectly and uh, keep it all under control. And when we don't, um, it's still, I feel like it's still kind of taboo for women to um, say they don't have it all together. It's still that superwoman facade that we're kind of fed through, um, you know, media and other other avenues that say we have, you know, we have all these things to do and we can do them all well. And if you don't, well, then, you know, you're not fully a woman or you're not, uh, you know, uh, seeking the Lord on, on things. And that's, that's simply not true. There are so many um, ways in which we can get the help, um, you know, if someone is struggling with uh, anxiety and other mental health issues um, and they're struggling to surrender, which is a, a really hard, uh, difficult uh, concept to uh, not only wrap your head around, but also to, to do practically and incorporate in your daily life. It's really not easy especially when, you know, the American dream and kind of what we're fed is, you know, you, you pick yourself up from your bootstraps and you do things on your own. Um, and when you have something that's, that's kind of impeding you from functioning normally, um, it's easy to kind of want to just give up um, and not, um, you know, not do anything. And that's actually not what surrender is. Surrender is kind of this paradox. Like surrender for me, I always thought surrender was just doing nothing, like just giving up. And it's, it's not that way. It's actually being proactive in seeking the Lord, it's, it, there are moments when we're asked to not do anything or stop trying to control things. So there's other times right. when we are called to live with purpose. And that a lot of times the work that we do is like this pseudo productivity. Um, it's just, we think we're being productive, but in reality, we're really not. We're just kind of spinning our wheels. And Can God I, is calling us to live with purpose and work with purpose. Yeah, go ahead. I want to ask you about this because I'm writing about parenting and I really don't want to miss a chance to get your input on this. So one of the things that I think has happened is we feel a false sense of shame. I, I worked on that a little bit in my book. Uh, well, actually quite a bit. What is the difference between real shame and false shame in my marriage? Marriage Conversations is the name of that book. And I wanted to t t touch on that again in my parenting book. One thing I wonder is, do you have any suggestions for mommies who are wanting to be free to parent without burdening their kids with shame, false shame and perfectionism. Do you have some thoughts about that you'd be willing to share? Um, yeah, um, that's something I've had to live. I probably have just started to really live out in my life as an adult. Um, uh, my, 
uh, childhood was one of, um, I had a very controlling mom. And so that's actually yeah. where some of my anxiety stems from as, as a little kid. Um, uh, she often, um, she had some anger. And so oftentimes she would yell. Um, I was, I walked in eggshells a lot, so I didn't quite know, um, you know, what the situation would hold from one day to the next. So, um, you know, she wasn't abusive, um, but there was some emotional abuse, I would say, um, that went on. And so when you get fed those lies as a kid, and I, I wasn't a Christian growing up. I, I grew up in a non-Christian mm. home. So I didn't come to know the Lord until I was 18. And so I had to live out Bible concepts because I took my Bible and read it, and that's what I wanted for myself. And so um, I kind of had to learn, um, you know, how to be, uh, I guess I had to learn, I, I had to learn how to accept God's grace. And I had to learn what that grace was. And uh, yes. forgiveness was a huge lesson. I did not know how to forgive. Um, I didn't learn that until I was an adult, too, because I never saw my parents ever say sorry for anything. So I never learned forgiveness mm. growing up. So I had to learn that uh, as an adult. So I had to, it was pretty much a crash course in Christianity when I accepted the Lord because, um, you know, and I had mm. to learn from the church uh, bodies that I was a part of, um, of how to be a Christian, how to be. The, how to live out the tenets of, of scripture in my daily life. And so to get to your question on shame, um, I definitely had a lot of false, false shame. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess for me, I think what I've learned about shame and, and condemnation is, well, number one, there's no condemnation under Christ Jesus. That's, that's right. scripture and that's the truth of God's word. So we always have right. to keep that in mind. But I do say this, I do say that judgment um is different than condemnation and that judgment yes. is actually a good thing for the church. And yes. here's why. Because condemnation is, is what heaps false shame on people. Condemnation says you've done this wrong thing and you're a terrible, horrible person because you've done it. Well, that's yes. not what Christ says. That's, that is contradictory to the word of God. So when yes. we're saying those lies, that self-talk to ourselves that says we're no good, um, I can't do anything right, I'm dumb, all those things that we say to ourselves, um, that's the false shame that, that, Christ wants to eliminate from our lives because that's what he died for. <clears throat> we are not um, uh, we are not made to carry the weight of shame. Christ took that on the cross. Judgment, yeah. however, says you've you know, judgment says you've done this wrong thing. Let me help you. It's it's judgment is the same thing as what Nathan told David. Um, that's the judgment. It was helping bring to light a sin that was in his life. And that's actually a good thing for the church. And it's something that we don't do uh, as often anymore as we should, is that we don't speak into each other's lives the truth. Uh, you know, Scripture says we should speak the truth in love so that we may grow. And we're not growing as a body because we're afraid to tell people the hard truth. So when we when we judge someone, when we see an action or someone saying something or they have a distorted thought, we don't we have not earned the right to speak into people's lives to say um, what you're saying is wrong. Here's the truth of God's word. Or we're immature enough to say we don't want to accept that person's correction or that rebuke because we're, we're not mature enough because we've built this model in churches that say it's that false self, like we talked in the last episode. It's that, hi, how are you? Yeah, yeah fine. And we don't yeah. give people the right to our heart. And so when we okay. give... When oh, we, sorry. I'm, I'm going to interrupt you because we're going to run out of time for this first segment. I want to okay. just summarize. I think... One one thing I remind myself is all condemnation is rooted in self-condemnation. <coughs> Excuse me. So when I catch myself condemning others, that's a good reminder to me to review where my condemnation is coming from. I love what you said. It's not coming from Christ. Right. There is now no, no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So 
when we, when, that's our, that's our reminder to look again. It's like worry is my reminder to, that I need to be praying. Condemning others or yeah. condemning myself is my reminder to review where is that condemnation coming from? What false thing am I telling myself? Okay, we have we have to go to the break. I really hate this. You can find all this on KathyCrafty.com. And when we come back, we're going to go into a lot more detail about how you can get freedom from condemnation, from false shame, and from panic. So stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door. And the next house over is a grocery store. Want to move from coexisting to cherished? From isolated to influential? Hi, this is Kathy. Just for you, we have two books out now devoted to creating better conversations. Life-changing conversational adventures. Marriage Conversations, From Coexisting to Cherished, is 20 chapters packed with easy, practical ideas. This is the book I wrote for my kids. It's brimming over with personal stories and stuff I learned the hard way. Then, The Well, The Art of Drawing Out Authentic Conversations explores over 40 different ways Jesus launched the woman at the well from lonely to leadership. You can find our books with our wonderful publishers, Cross River Media and Elk Lake Publishers, at local bookstores or at Amazon.com. Buy two, one to read out loud to your hubby and one to share with a friend. Order yours today and have your own conversational adventures tonight. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever? It's home, where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. Oh, miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, welcome back. We are having a really fast and fun conversation with Michelle Lazurik. She is the author of so many books. I found out today, 12 books. But the one I really couldn't wait to talk to her about is... uh, I surrender all, sort of, and then remind me the tagline, Michelle. Uh, laying down our plans so God can do the impossible. I love it. Okay, so I pulled a couple of quotes. I'm really having a hard time deciding how to open this segment. I kind of want to sing this song. I surrender some, I surrender some, some to you. Da-da. I can't remember the rest of the words. I can't sing it without the word all in there, but I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> But then I have a couple of quotes from your book. You're a very funny writer, which this is a hard topic to be funny about unless you're really willing to be real. And then, of course, there's so, I mean, we just have to laugh at ourselves. We're, 
as human beings, we really want to be the boss. We want to be in control. So here is a, one of my favorite quotes, and it's actually, I think, in the introduction. So this just gives you a taste. In just a matter of weeks, my life was crumbling around me, and there was nothing I could do about it. Little did I know I was in the best position in my life. So when I read that, Michelle, I immediately thought of all the people that listen in to these beautiful interviews we do because they're looking for help. And then we're looking for somebody who's already been down the road they're, they're caught in. You know, we all get caught in places along the road. And it's great to look up ahead and see, OK, somebody's already been here. They know what to do. And I love that. If you're listening in today and you feel caught because you're in a spot where you have panic attacks, you're feeling like anxiety is going to eat your lunch, I want you to know what Michelle said is, little did I know I was in the best position in my life. So I love that. And then the other one I thought, I just love this is, it's hard to surrender, isn't it? Surrender means saying, means I say, I'm not the boss, but you are God. Can I be honest? Surrender stinks. <laughs> well, if you're listening in and, and, and you are, I want you to know Michelle is just that funny through the whole book. So and also is very inspiring and also really authentic. So talk to us a little bit, Michelle. I know you have story after story, because once you start, I know this from my own life. Once you start telling the stuff that you thought you would ever never say in public because you're too ashamed and the Lord deals with you and heals you and forgives you and gives you grace, and you start talking about it, next thing you know, everybody wants to come and quietly tell you their story, too, because they need the comfort as well. So talk to me a little bit about what you've learned. Uh, what did I learn? I learned, well, I learned uh, about myself. Um, I learned um, it wasn't something that I was completely unaware of. I mean, I certainly learned that I can be controlling and bossy and, you know, want things done my way. And um, so, of course, I had to learn to give all that up. Um, I think I, I totally, if I have to pick two people from the Bible, I completely relate to Martha and the eldest brother in the parable of the lost son in Luke, because I'm the one grumbling in the field, wondering why God doesn't bless me, why doesn't he love me. Um, I wallowed, wallowed in that area for uh, for a long time, and I believe mm. lies like God doesn't love me as much as other people. Um, God does not favor me. Um, I believe the lie that God was not good all the time, and he certainly wasn't good to me, or at least the way that I wanted him to be. And those lies distort my relationship with God. And it, it, it can definitely lead to um, times of anxiety because I don't know the truth of who God is. And so control was, once I was in having so many panic attacks, panic attacks, I felt that way all the time. Control was no longer an option because I didn't have any control. I couldn't even grasp at the heels of it because there just was no control to be had. Um, so I had nothing except to cling to Jesus. And so when I say that was I was in the best position of my life, it's because I was, because I, I never had the opportunity to be as free as I was ah. in those moments because I really, I had to stop striving because I had to stop striving because I didn't, yeah. there were no, when you can't control your thought life, your emotions quickly follow and you can't function as a writer, you know, or, and I'm a literary agent too. And I, you know, help people along in their writing. Well, I can't do any of that 
when I'm feeling panicked all the time and, and your mind is racing with thoughts that you can't control. There was no uh. control to be had. And so it was probably one of the first times in my life, besides um, my the testimony of how I became a Christian, where I didn't really have control over anything. And the freedom that that can really bring someone uh, when they embrace that can be really um, life-changing. Um, and so I really learned the freedom of living as a child of God um, when I allowed him to be the boss, <laughs> the boss of me. I love that. Know? And I just love let, that. just let him do what he's going to do because I'm so uh, infatuated with wanting life to go my way that I'm trying to manipulate and control circumstances all the time. And when you can't do that anymore, you kind of let you start laying down that thing. When I lay down all of it and just said, Lord, you take it. Um, you know, that made me free to just bask in his plan for my life. And and honestly, I think he spoke to me uh, more freely and honestly and more frequently during that, those times, during that year long period. So, um, yeah, so it it drew me to Jesus. I really understood the Holy Spirit better, I think, um, through that. I love that. You know, you mentioned uh, some of these ideas, these crazy notions we have about God having favorite kids. And I, I loved what my friend Paula Quinn came on the show, and she talked about how sometimes we feel like God is holding out on us, which is so funny. But when she said it, I thought, that's exactly how I feel sometimes. I know better, but, you know, everybody feels that way sometimes. So I love that. I wanted to mention Paula. And then I know in the other episode, I mentioned Erin Carey and the brain-gut connection. And I want people to look for Colleen Long. She did a segment with me on mindfulness triathlon that she started. That was walking, yoga, and meditation. I love I love mentioning these mutual friends um, that I have grown to really love and respect so much with you, Michelle, because y'all's work is so complementary to each other. So I'm really excited that for them to be exposed to your message too. I, I just feel like God is yeah. doing a work there. So that makes me very happy. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more. Like I know in one episode, I think it was the, maybe this one, you talked about how community really helped you and that people came along. You made a list even, which I'll include in my blog, encouraging words, cards, gifts, flowers, meals. That That's really practical love, isn't it? Yeah. So yep, and that really little, is, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. Tell us a little bit about how people can be very practical about if they're struggling with anxiety and panic attacks versus, uh, or any, really any mental health issues that may appear because of the, the crazy lifestyle American women live. So go ahead and tell us, you know, like how do we take care of ourselves and how do we find help from other people or offer help to other people in the church? Um, yeah, I think I think spiritual gifts really come into play here. Um, I think the way that you show love to other people is through your spiritual gifts. So I think that's mm. the way God's wired you. So like ah. hospitality, I happen to think of that and just thinking the very practical ways that we always think of hospitality as like inviting friends over for pizza after a long week. And that is part of it. But part of it, if you look through scripture, hospitality really was about messing up your life for the sake of the gospel. Um, when you look at uh, people welcoming people into their homes that were otherwise unwelcomed in town or, ah. um, 
you know, you think about the little ways that we can show hospitality and we may not even know it, like offering a tissue to a friend who's crying. That can be a very practical way to, to show a, a church member that you care. Um, of course, meals mm. and flowers and cards and gifts, those are all um, can be, you know, depending on what your budget can allow, um, can be very tangible ways um, and practical ways to help uh, people and just know that, that you love them and care for them. Encouragement, encouraging words, um, those are huge. Um, you know, just saying words yes, of, of uh, help to others. And, and don't, uh, I would say to people, not try not to, um, uh, I'm not, I don't even know the word I'm looking for, but um, minimize uh, right, what right. they're going through. Um, as I mentioned in the last episode about, you know, snap out of it or it's all in your head. Um, right. We know you're trying to help, but that's not helpful. So instead, ask a question. If you don't know what to say, ask them, how can I help you right now? How can oh, I help this you is, today? Uh, you know, allow yourself a... to be vulnerable and say, I don't know what to say or do in this situation, but I love you and I want Aww. to be there for you. So how can I help you with that? So, yes, I mean, like you think about love languages, you know, words of affirmation, gifts, time, acts of service. If someone's struggling, you know, then their home is, is uh, run down because they are struggling with something and they can't, um, you know, keep the upkeep of their home. Uh, you cut their grass for them. Uh, you know, weed mm-hmm. their flowers. Um, you know, do those practical things, um, you know, that go out of their way to say, you know, I'm here for you. That's where the church really separates itself from a, a, um, a club is that it's, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's the only organization that, that shouldn't be looking out for itself. And yet sometimes it does. And that's where the church really shines is when we, you know, it becomes less of membership fees and it becomes more about the, the being the tangible hands and feet of Christ. And so when we help yeah. people and... We say, okay, this is what I can offer. Even, even if you think it's, you know, pittance in comparison to somebody else, do it because the, the littlest act of, of kindness goes a long way for people, especially if they're struggling with something that they feel is people are going to judge them for. And that was, I really struggled with that when I first came back to the church. I was nervous people were going to judge me, that, uh, you know, people were going to look at me wrong. And I had a few that did, but for the most part, people were very um, loving and accepting. And so, um, you know, treat other people the way you'd want to be treated. That's the golden rule. Um, you know, use your love language to help the other people and seek help. There's no, there's no, um, there's no, there should be no issue with getting uh, help from a counselor or trained professionals that can help you through that. I like seek help. That's a good one. And a lot of people fail to do that. We have to close. I cannot believe how fast this went. Now, I know as you're listening in, you're going to want more from Michelle. So I want to give you her information to find her you can go to michelle m m i c h e l l e lazurik l a z u r i k dot com you can also yeah did i spell it right uh you said i k e k e k you're right i spelled it wrong okay so it's e k dot com and you can find my stuff at Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com. We have to close. I want to thank you for joining us. We love you. And if you're struggling, we want you to get help. So do not hesitate to contact either one of us. And know this, this is Truth with a Texas Twang. And we do it every time because we care about you. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. 
Thank you for joining us today and we will see you again next week.